you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is to come across your airwaves and be part of this broadcast and know that there's folks like you out there listening to us. A thousand and something broadcasts already still moving strong. Amen. With me has been all week is uh, Pastor Tony Miller. Thank you, Pastor. Oh, it's good to be with you always. And we're glad that we've been able to do this study in Christ. What, yeah. a, what a deep and wealthy subject. And Pastor, I mean, he's he's really redeeming the time here. We we usually get him to drop by every month, month and a half or so, but having him twice in just a three-week period, thank you for that, brother. And well, My privilege. And uh, over here in Romans 8, we remember the verse that we've kind of been feeding off of the whole time. There is, therefore, now, no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. That's a pretty special thing to be in Christ. I, I, I was telling Pastor, I was, I was doing some study and preparation for this week and uh, I spent I spent some time this morning in this poem that I kept on stumbling all over in my Bible program by C.S. Lewis was a blessing to me uh, share it with us brother uh, and it's not merely in the words you say not only in your deeds confessed but in the most unconscious way in Christ expressed it is a beatific smile and we know that's just that beautiful inward a uh, glowing type of smile, a holy light upon your brow. Oh no, I felt his presence. When you laughed just now, to me, twas not the truth you taught. To you so clear, to me still dim. But when you come, you brought a sense of him. Mm. From your eyes, he beckons me. From your heart, his love is shed. Till I lose sight of you and see the Christ instead. I don't know about you folks, but just knowing that Christ shines through us, yes. that being in Christ, it's a different place. Yes. We walk differently. We walk circumspectly, right? It's what the Bible tells us. So, Pastor, I, I know here we are on the Friday, uh, our fifth broadcast, and what are we looking at today as in Christ? Well, we're going to go to Romans 8, but what you were talking about, I remember the first time somebody <clears throat> questioned me, what's happened to you? You're so different. And I just uh, surrendered my life to Christ and it was showing out. Yeah. And, and, and that is what we want to do is by life and by lips, magnify the fact that we're in Christ and he is in us. Glowing, glowing. Yes. Well, Romans 8, verse 1, we've quoted that verse several times this week, Doug, you have. And there is therefore now no condemnation to them that Christ Jesus and that word condemnation, it has the idea no longer guilty and liable for punishment. We're not going to be punished. Thank and, you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I think of this. Uh, there was a guy that committed a crime. He was in jail. They had his trial. He was found guilty and sentenced. The sentence was you're either going to pay $25,000. And this was years ago, decades ago. Yeah, he's going to pay $25,000 or he was going to spend X number of years in jail. Mm. And the guy, he was flabbergasted. He said he didn't want to jail and he certainly didn't have the money. Why would you sentence me this way? And the judge slammed the gavel down, court adjourned, stepped out of the bench, 
took out his checkbook and wrote a check for $25,000. Wow. But you know, that's what God the Father did with us. He took out his son and sent him to earth to pay the $25,000 that we owed God. Yeah. We were, we were guilty. Now, no condemnation. We're not going to be punished. We don't have reason to feel guilty. And that we're going to talk about that some. So in Christ, we're not under condemnation. But there's another thing, and I've got this kind of listed with no or not before everything. And so if you're taking notes, you can go to Romans 8 and look at verses 2 through 13. And I say, no powerless sanctification. Mm. You say, what do you mean sanctification? Well, sanctification, it means to be set apart. Sometimes the word holy is used for that. But to be set apart is God's possession, but also to be set apart to live a holy, clean life, separated from sin, unto God, acting, talking, being like Christ, the sinless one. And so the powerlessness in these next verses, he says, we have the Holy Spirit of God. He's going to raise our body. And so we have no reason not to be able to have victory. Verse 11 says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. So we're talking about the spirit dwelling in us. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, our sin nature, to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh, you shall die. But if through the spirit you do mortify or kill the works of our sin nature, you shall live. And this has to do with the fact that God's given us the power to have victory over sin. So as we progress in the Christian life, we progressively increase in our victories over sin habits. Now, it takes time. It's not just a zap. One day God zapped us and all of our sin habits are gone. We have no more desire. We still have a sin nature and we have habits, but we need to be confident in light of Christ, being in Christ, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to grow in sanctification. To quicken, make alive. Isn't that wonderful? Yes. To grow in sanctification. And uh, uh, we, we forget sometimes that uh, we pass from death unto life. You know, these old bodies are going. We we started off on Monday, and the pastor and I shared medical reports with you folks. And, <laughs> and uh, it's just the way it goes. I mean, I think that's everybody, you know. The outward man earth. perishes, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, day by day. And uh, like that old song, Dave, but I, you know, I was thinking the other day when I was reading in chapter eight and I found myself in Romans chapter eight and I stopped and I just looked at it about three times and that word quickened being made alive. And in my mind, pastor, I always go back to my old gray haired mom, the end of her life. I always go back uh, to people in my life that I, I saw and you've seen so many, you've held so many hands. There's a lot to being in Christ. But one of the coolest things, I think, is to know when it's all said and done, when, when this time on earth is done, it's just the beginning. Yes. I got a notification of a lady who used to be in our church years ago, and her daughter contacted us and said her mother had passed away, and they wanted me to lead in the funeral. But I can stand at that funeral and just rejoice. She's in heaven. Mm-hmm. Yes. And no condemnation. And she had the power to live a victorious life. And that comes to our next point, what you're saying. Romans chapter 8 and verses 
14 through 17, we lack no adoption. Now, there's no legal condemnation of us. There's no powerless sanctification, but there's no lack of adoption. And I want to talk about adoption here because it it talks about for as many of us are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we're in the family of God. We already talked about that. And we want to remember what C.S. Lewis said. The Son of God became the Son of Man so that the Son of Men might become sons of God. Amen. Yeah. and C.S. Lewis had it all together. Oh, <laughs> he had some good things. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But th- so we are now sons of God. We're children of God. We're in his family. But what does that mean? Does it mean we just want to get in his family and that's it? No. When we talk about biblical adoption, it's something beyond being taken out of a home as a baby and placed into another home. And I'm going to explain that. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified with him. You know what we're going to inherit with Christ? His glory. It says that we may be glorified with him. And so adoption was actually like they do our mitzvah today. They take a 13-year-old Jewish boy. I saw it happening at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem again this last time. And they were having a bar mitzvah, this 13-year-old boy. He's being inaugurated now as an adult man. He now possesses a position as a man. He has possessions of his dad and he has privileges. He now gets to read the Torah in the synagogue when they come together. So what he's really talking about when we talk about adoption, it's son placing placed into high privilege position and possession. Folks, that's what we're headed for. That lady, she got adoption this week when she died. Now she's in heaven sharing God's glory and many other things. We don't have access to all of the wealth here in Christ, but there's more to come. Yeah, a lot more to come. Hold on. It's, a, it's so much better when we get out of this place. And, and uh, folks, I love what the pastor was just reading, and, and I know where he's going from here, and I'm so excited about that. But every time he, he gets to a verse and he's moving through this thing, and we get to share in his glory. Adoption's a pretty wonderful thing. Oh, hey, yeah. hang with us. We'll be, I can't believe we get to share in his glory. I mean, just just the thought of that. Oh, yeah. And uh, folks, we'll be right back with you. Don't go anywhere. Let's let these radio people do what they have to do. Thank you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. The almost perfect uh, piano playing of Pastor Jeriel Antoy from our church. Mm. Every time I hear that, every note just just nailed. Oh, and, it's great! And uh, Pastor Miller's married to uh, Mrs. Miller, Mrs. Jeanette Miller, who's just a wonderful pianist as well. So, Pastor, here we are moving through Romans eight, and what are you seeing from here? Well, the things we have in Christ is what we're looking at, and it, this chapter starts with Romans one. There's no condemnation, no legal condemnation. 
And it ends in Christ Jesus as well. But we're going to go to the next section. We've seen there's no legal condemnation in Christ. There is no powerlessness in sanctification. We have the Holy Spirit resurrection power. There's no lack of adoption. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. We're going to have the high privilege of possessions with him and his glory even. But then we have another section here that we're not left to corruption. Mm -hmm. This whole world groans. And he goes into a section here in verse 18, sufferings and groaning and the whole creation is wanting to be released from the corruption of the curse uh, due to the fall of man into sin. Yeah. But he comes through and he, he says, but in verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now, and not only they, but ourselves, we're groaning, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our bodies. We've been having an organ recital many times when we get together talking about this organ's going bad and this organ's going bad, but... One day, the redemption of our body. And that's speaking of glorification. Yeah. We're not going to be left in our corruption. We're going to get a new body that's sinless, a new spirit that has no sin in it. Can't sin against God again. So thankful. Yes. So we're we're not left to corruption. As being in Christ, we have a future that says it's going to be great and there's no more sin. Yeah, isn't that so wonderful? Yes. And uh, just to know, folks, that, you know, we were born into this, and we we came in the wrong way, uh, but we go out the right way if we're in Christ. Yes, exactly, and much to look forward to. But there's another thing I'd like to touch base in verses 25 through 27 and verse 34, and basically quickly touch on it. A lot of times people feel they're going it along through life. You know, I've gone through all this trouble and nobody understands and nobody cares and no one's even praying for me. You know, you have people say, nobody prays for me. Well, let me just tell you, we have intercession. We do not lack, and that's the next point, no lack of intercession because it says in verses 25 and 26, it says, but if we have hope that is seen we do wait patiently for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helped with our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And wow. he, he knows the mind of God. And verse 34 says, Christ is interceding for us. We have two persons of the Trinity that are in, interceding for us when we're in Christ. Wow. Isn't that something? Now get your mind around that one. That's hard to wrap around of to consider that the Holy Spirit and our Savior, you know, Jesus, uh, the Son and the Spirit are interceding on our behalf. Yes. How can we lose? You know, we lose because of this silly free will. And uh, let our sin nature tell us that we're yeah. messed up and can't be healed, can't yeah. be blessed. Yeah. It can't have the wealth that is available to us at the faith taking. Yeah, to my shame, uh, I sat in a church years ago in Florida, and uh, I set up, uh, uh, I was, you know, obviously behind the lectern, uh, sitting on the altar next to the pastor, and I looked out, and I mean, just literally thousands of people out there, just thousands, and I had never been in a room quite that size, and I, I was just so prayed up, and 
And uh, honestly, I mean, I, I, I didn't even eat that day. You know, I woke up and said, minimal drinking, minimal eating. Uh, you know, that Sunday morning message coming. I, I don't want to mess up. I was so scared. And I remember I got up there and I was so prayed up and I'm like, Lord, I, I need your help and stuff. And I got up there and I'm sitting there and the pastor put his arm around me and said, you know, 8,000 in the pews and about 80 watching, 80,000. I remember I, I just, the devil for one minute said, who do you think you are? Mm. Brother, I'm telling you right in my mind, I went back to being this dirty, rotten sinner from Voluntown, Connecticut, my bedroom 20 feet from a bar wall saying, you don't deserve any of this. And I remember over the next, and there was a special and another special. And you know how they do those special military days, you know. Uh, it was Stat- Statue of Liberty, and, you know, there were yeah. two or three patriotic songs that were just phenomenal. And I remember just before I got up to speak, I said, you know, to myself praying, I, I said, and, and in Jesus' name, God, take away this negative spirit. I got Holy Spirit of God, yeah. help me. The Holy Spirit was interceding and Christ was. And it hit. You know, all of a sudden my heart was different again. Yeah. And, you know, it's up to those people how well I did, but I assure you it was in God's strength that I stood there. Well, it wasn't right. this question mark in the back of my brain. C.H. Spurgeon has an illustration along that line. C.H. Spurgeon said that we have people that come to us that are not well educated here in London to the tabernacle, and they ask us to write out a request that they want to ask from some dignitary or the king or the queen. And they've written up something that is a request, but it, we take it and they say, would you please get, present this to the king or the queen? And we read it, and it's got bad English, so we take and polish up the way it should be stated, the way the, thing, the appeal should be made, and then we sign it. Yeah in our own name, not that person's name. Well, he said, that's exactly what God does. The Holy Spirit makes utterance that we do not have proper in our prayers. And then he said, and it's signed in Jesus' blood, Jesus' name at the bottom, in his name. Amen. And we get get so hung up in this world with status, with, you know, we... um, we're respecters of men. We're, we're a lot of things in this world by, by virtue of being raised in this life of ours. And then God reminds us it really doesn't matter. Right. I, I remember there was a circuit, a small circuit preacher, and he did all of Tennessee every year. He took two weeks off a year. Him, wife, and his family. And the, before the Winnebago's, they had two wagons, brother, and a few extra horses on the back of that. They, mm. they drove town to town. And they were outside of Nashville one time, and he was preaching a meeting. He got about three days into the meeting, and this guy goes on, Peter Cartwright. And this guy goes on, Mm. and he's talking about, you know, the struggles, the way the devil had been against the church. And how he and the pastor committed to fasting throughout the revival and and just getting God to do a work there outside of Nashville. The the pastor was a circuit guy as well, and they were praying uh, that a man would be held up in, in front of them that, They'd be willing to help pay someone to be out there and be their pastor or at least get them a job. And and that night, the pastor ran to him and said, whatever you do, uh, Brother Cartwright, whatever you do, Andrew Jackson sitting in the background, whatever you do, make sure you pay reverence to him and respect him. He's the great general. He's running for president of the United States. And Peter Cartwright got up there and said, you know, we all need Christ. 
I don't care if you're Andrew Jackson. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they claim, now there's a claim, I don't know how far the story goes, but they claim that Andrew Jackson and his wife accepted the Lord and his wife died just a couple years mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know, Pastor, you're down to the last 45 seconds. Hey, we're leaving you again. How would you wrap in Christ? Well, I would have him to go ahead and read Romans 8. Yeah. And that because... There's no lack of intercession. There's no confusion in our circumstances. There's no legitimate accusations against us. And it ends, and there's no separation from the love of Christ when we're in him. And so we'll never be separated from God. That's how he ends this chapter. So go look the rest of it. I would encourage you to do your own study. Do it. And be blessed. There is therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. We sure do love you folks and uh, be praying for Pastor Miller. We'll try to get him back here next month again just as quick as we can. And and, uh, folks, we sure do hope that you have a great day. And with that smile that only God can give you, may God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.